Welcome to All the Social Ladies, a podcast bringing you candid conversations with the boldest women in digital marketing. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and let's get into the show. Hey guys, I had a ton of fun chatting with Nancy Ruder, who is the founder of Noetic, which is a marketing consultancy, and also the author of a book, Jack and Jill Went Up the Hill, How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights Through Art and Science. I love talking about art and science and marketing because it reminds me a lot about how we optimize our own social media, right? We use data and we know what works, but also it takes just a little bit of art. Take a listen. Welcome, Nancy, to the show. Thank you. Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm so excited to be here with you. I am so I excited hear, to be here with you. Yay, it's great. I want to hear about the three moments in your career that you think were the most significant. Okay, three significant moments. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back to my early 20s for the first one. So when I was out of undergrad, it was a recession, just sort of a tough go at that time. And I really wasn't at all where I wanted to be job-wise. And so I was thinking very hard about going back to school to get an MBA. And I knew that I had interest in marketing. So I was going to, I was living in DC at the time. I was going to a bunch of information sessions and, you know, MBA receptions. And I, I happened to go to this reception by the University of Chicago, which is a very competitive MBA program. Yes. It was, you know, one or two at the time. I think it still is. And I happened to get into a conversation with the gentleman who was the director of admissions of UFC, of the MBA program. And he, we just hit it off and he was kind enough to hand me his card. And he said, if you can get yourself to Chicago, I will interview you personally and I'll you know, I'll watch out for your application. I'm not, I can't give you any guarantees, but, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. Well, I knew, I just knew that was the ticket. And so whether or not I would actually get in was another story. So I called the next day. I booked myself on an overnight train because I, I only had one day off from my job. I was working as a restaurant manager, actually. And okay. I took the overnight train, changed at a friend's house in Chicago, went to the interview. He interviewed me, and I turned right back around and got back on the train <laughs> and went back. And, and they let me in. You know, I'm sure I wasn't wow. the, the strongest candidate that they had, but they let me in. And that just, you know, was a defining moment, Carrie, because I knew, even though I was so young, I, I knew that this was a big moment. And so what did you do? Do you think in that initial interaction, what do you think that you did to stand out? What what caught his attention? Yeah. So there were a couple of things. In all honesty, they were low on percentage women. It's a very yeah. male-heavy program. So, you know, yep. he liked that. My experiences in working as a restaurant manager were very unique for my age. I was doing mm. a lot of oversight of big staff. I was having to make a lot of high-pressure decisions. I had exposure to all of the operations, inventory, you know, all the sides of the business. And that was very unique as far as candidates would go. You know, a lot of the people who are trying to come into MBA programs are already working in corporate America in a different kind of way. So I was just a unique candidate for them. I love that. I also think, by the way, restaurant management as well as retail management, I think, are the most 
the best primers for real life. I, I really do. Like when you're, when you're, whenever I hire somebody from retail, I always know that they're going to be responsible, that they're going to have a lot of, or, or in, on the restaurant side, like that they've gone into management. They understand the wor- inner workings of business in a way that I think people who sometimes work in these bigger organizations don't always get. I totally agree. And it helped me in the program itself. So as I was taking yes. different courses, I could imagine it coming to life in yes. what I what I knew from the restaurant. So that helped me too. Yes, yes. Okay, tell me about your okay, second moment. So, so my second one would be when I took the job out of that MBA program at uh, Leo Burnett, which is a large ad agency in, in Chicago. And at the time, I was just really attracted to their culture, the ability to do business, but also have it be creative. But it was a really torturous decision because it was by far the lowest compensation of, of what I was looking at. And yes. and I actually, when I, so I was tortured by it because I was, I was poor. Yep. <laughs> I had debt. Um, but when poor I- with a sexy job. <laughs> exactly. And and in fact, when I called, I, I turned down a marketing consulting company, one of, one of the big ones. And when I called that managing partner and turned it down, he actually laughed when I told him what I was going to be doing. He was like, okay then. But why I, I look at that as a defining moment is because Leo Burnett opened my eyes to so many things and gave me exposure to so many amazing brands and amazing training and more than anything, just amazing people. And that network of people still today is just an amazing network for me and and always, always will be. So just, you know, these people have gone on to do just such notable things in the marketplace. And they're also just amazing humans. They're just great, great people. So that experience was was very defining for me. I love that. And I think a lot of people get that kind of experience when they go into agencies. It's It's not... It's not really as much about the pay, although I think it's gotten a little bit better over time, I'd like to think. But I think it's about the experience, the camaraderie, the network, and the the chance to do really good work and really creative work, I think, is what keeps people going in that space. Yeah. And the training that they gave us, I mean, yeah. at the start, we were immersed in two solid weeks of training within your first wow. six months. I mean, they took it very seriously. And, and honestly, those skills that I learned there were what enabled me to start my own firm and, you know, are yes. still the basis of, of what I do today. Yes. Yes. Okay. Tell me your third moment. Okay. So third one, you probably could guess this, was was writing my book. I always wanted to be an author since I was yes. a little girl. <laughs> I used to I used to write books and bind them with Elmer's glue. And, you know, it's just something I always wanted to do. But it has been very defining for me. It's given me an opportunity to get to know senior marketers in, in a whole different way because I, I interviewed yes. them as the basis for the book. It's given me an opportunity to highlight my company and my team, who I just adore, and to share our insights from the, from the work we've done over the years. And also to really tout the importance of being a generalist today in in a senior marketing role. So that's that's my latest and I don't know about greatest defining moment, but definitely something that I really always wanted to do. So I'm super psyched to have it out there. Can we talk a little bit about that process? Because I know for me, as I'm a marketer who came out with a book and wrote a book, and it was a big moment for me. It was something that, you know, something I really wanted to achieve and do. I found that right before the book came out, I was terrified because I felt like it's such a different level of 
exposure. It's not even about personal exposure about like your personal life, but more like you're putting your writing out there into the world. You're you having to promote yourself versus another company. Did you did you experience that through the writing and promoting of your own book? Or were you able to just go and do it? Because for me, I was like an anxious mess. I like to say like the two weeks before I was fueled by like, I, all I ate was cookies. <laughs> which is a, which is a good way of, of coping. Yeah. I think I highly yeah. recommend that. It's almost like you were like in on the conversations I was having right at that time. Yeah. I 100% agree. I was completely yeah. tortured by it. It actually struck me the day the the books arrived. That was the day. Mm-hmm. And I, I wanted to feel ecstatic. And yes. I just felt freaked out and yeah. and and also a bit ashamed of feeling freaked out because yeah. I am a marketer. I this is what I do, right? I wanted to do this. So I would have this right. weird loop with myself and anybody who would have the patience to listen to me. Yes, exactly. You know, trying to come to terms with that. What I have come to understand is that is very common. It's a very common feeling, and and it also, I believe, has to do with when you have a goal of any kind that takes you a while to get there. There's a little yeah. bit of a letdown when you get to the actual moment, and and so it took me a little bit of time. I will yes. also add that the first book event that I did, I publicly speak a lot, and I actually yep. enjoy it, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Not to say I don't get nervous, but but I generally enjoy it. I was so nervous before my first book event for the exact reason you just articulated that yep. I was doing that thing where I was having trouble swallowing. <laughs> yes, I totally get it. I totally get it. And I was it. like, it, Nancy, get a hold of yourself. I know. It, it's, definitely, it's definitely challenging, and it's a different... It's a different world when you're promoting an individual than promoting a brand, and especially when that individual is you. Is it's a whole yes. other level, For and sure. it's like balancing that self promotion. Yeah, yeah. I think, but I, but I always recommend. I I think writing a book. Looking back now, even though getting through you know, the, the stress of it. I, I do really recommend it. I think it was a, a, a very, it was very good for my business. And it was also just really good in terms of helping young women, you know, figuring out their careers. I get messages all the time about that. And that makes me so oh, happy. For sure. I, I gift your book to oh. young women all the time. And I think it's just, it does a beautiful job of unpacking all the different ways that you need to be, you know, thinking it through and, and then, you know, going easier on yourself in certain ways and, you know, leaning into different things. Yeah. I think once you can get, as I like to say, get over myself, you know, once I can kind of get over myself, the idea of the, of what people are able to gain from it can be just thrilling, you know, because you put all that time in and, and you really don't know. I mean, what I realized in my, what, as I was stressing out during that cookie eating period, I felt like, I didn't, I just had worried about writing it. I really hadn't given enough thought to it being out in the world. Yes. So yes. now when people say to me, you know, oh, I, you know, I really enjoyed this or I learned this, you know, people are able to take this art and science assessment that we have in there and get their yes. score and, and kind of get guidance on what to do with it. I'm just so thrilled because you really don't know as you're writing it what, if anything, people are going to get. And how it's going to come out. Yeah. Right. So let's let's talk a little bit about the book because I think it's such an interesting concept. The, the book is called Jack and Jill Went Up the Hill, How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights Through Art and Science. 
talk to me a little bit about how marketing is both an art and a science and how we can use both. How do, how do, we, how do we use them both to succeed today? Sure. So art and science, the, what, what I talk about in the book and what I've seen and, and heard these senior marketers tell me that I interviewed for it, is that it's really about the combination of the two in order to be able to excel, certainly at a senior level. So one without the other doesn't do it. And it's the same idea when we think about how brands behave in the marketplace. So mm-hmm. we could look at a brand like Uber. Okay, Uber is huge on what I would call the science side, right? Tons yes. and tons of data that they're using all the time in their algorithms. But then they feed it to us in a very customer-friendly, artfully done app. You know, imagine if you had all of that data and then they just spewed the data at you. If it was jumping at you, right. <laughs> right. So, but, it's a, but it's a beautiful, easy to consume right. experience. So that's that's the idea is that if we as people, as, as marketers building these brands can't leverage both the art and the science skills in what we're doing, then the brands themselves can't do so. So when I talk about art, I'm talking about skills such as the emotional side of things, Mm -hmm. intuition, idea generation, creativity. Science is all around the more quantitative side. So, you know, data, test and learn, deductive reasoning, things of that nature. And, And most of us situationally, we lean one side or the other, and it usually has to do with how we came up, you know, through the ranks and and even before our careers. So I, for example, I was all art, really, mm-hmm. through the time, even even through college, and it was really only upon going to University of Chicago. And it was why I thought that it was so important for me to go to a school like that, because I realized that I, I didn't have that other side. So the great news is that anybody can improve the side that they're weaker on. And most I love people that. Do and you lean. have a test in the book, yes, right? Don't you yes. have a test? Yep. So there's a test in the, in the back of the book. And there's also all cor- kinds of you know, tips and guidance around things you can you can do to strengthen either side. And and also I like to emphasize, even if you do get a score where you fall in that range of perfectly balanced, we all still need to continue to hone our skills. So there's there's resources and, and tools and all kinds of guidance that helps you based upon the score that you get. Nancy, I'm so excited to take this because I think uh, this, okay, I think that growing up, through my career, I was all art as mm-hmm. well, like very, very creative thinker. Mm-hmm. But as I had to manage a business and learn the business side right. and the finance side, I got a lot more data driven. So now I'm dying to take it. Like it's, but it can your 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 assessment can change over in this. time. This is not like mm-hmm. a personality test where no. you are who you are, right? It's no. like this can change over time. And that's really what's exciting is it absolutely oh, can so change exciting. over time. So it's going to give you a snapshot of of where where you stand. And it is just important for people to know. I mean, people who are heavily art or heavily science tend to each and both have stress about the idea of, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not strong in the numbers or, there's or I'm not creative. Right, yep. right, I right. I hear this a lot. And there's just yeah. as much stress on the one side as there is on the other. And and truly, I have seen and I see people all the time, including myself, who move that needle. And it's just a question of leaning into the areas that feel less comfortable 
to you to to get there, and you can. I love it. And, you know, one of the things that I love about this concept is that when you can learn how to kind of master all of those, you sort of become a Jack or a Jill, if we're on this podcast, of all trades. What skills do you think that today's marketers need to really master in order to thrive in a modern marketing environment? What do you think they need to really hone in on? Yeah, so that is one of the reasons that I I call them Jacks and Jills is that that expression around, you know, jack of all trades, but we know that's always followed by master of none, which which is a criticism, right? right? It's a criticism. And I really believe in turning that on its ear, at, at least in the discipline of marketing. If you are being a jack or jill of all trades, you're actually going to be able to master marketing as opposed to, you know, master of none. So, you know, it really is important to know when to make the shift. So a lot of it is, you know, if if you are rising through the ranks, you don't have to be the one to necessarily be crunching the numbers. You don't necessarily have to be the one generating every idea or coming up with the next creative concept. But you need to make sure you're carrying across that spectrum always and you're not leaving one out or the other out. And you have to know when to shift between the two. So, you know, some of the things, let's say you are someone who is lighter on the science side, you know, spend some time with data-driven people, data scientists, whether that's, you know, inside your organization or out, understand how they think, what they leverage. There's all kinds of resources in the book that that you can get, things you can read and things you can practice and, and you know, courses you can take. But it's really about understanding the story that numbers are telling you on the, on the science side. And then on the art side, a lot of that practice comes from staying really true to what your customers want and need and really putting yourself in that empathetic position and thinking Mm -hmm. the way they think and using the emotion and the intuition of that side. Wonderful. I'm going to head us on over to the lightning round where I'm going to ask you three quick questions. Just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? Exciting. Okay. Ready? (laughs) What's (laughs) a skill that you wish you had? (laughs) I wish I was a good singer. <laughs> mm, me so too. I, I sang when I was when I was in school. I was solid. I was never the lead and I I never kept up with it. And I just, you know, music is so moving and yes. I am listening all the time and I have teenagers who, you know, have it on all the time and I just I just am so inspired by it. So I I wish that I could belt it out and sound like Lady Gaga, but I but I don't. <laughs> I, I sing Close really loud in my car, you know. All and, right, the shower. You know, there's lots of good places to really use the acoustic yes, to improve yes. that that tone. It's perfect. What is one piece of advice you would tell your younger self? Yeah. So I would tell my younger self to stop beating yourself up about being a working mom. I just was so guilt-ridden. I've always worked. I have three kids. They're now 20, 18, and 14. And, you know, I realize now, I mean, they're, in my very humble opinion, they're they're amazing people. And I really think you you can have a career and still be a, a thoughtful and involved mother. Um, and yes. so, you know, you, you, I would I would tell her, you know, you're going to be tired. You you are going to have packed days. I do suppose that guilt helped me in some ways to, you know, just really stay very attentive in that space. But I would just tell her to just relax a little bit more and don't worry about it and know that you're actually setting 
a great example for them. Wonderful. One last question. If someone only knew you from looking at your social media profiles, what three words would they use to describe you? One would be new author because my my social mm-hmm. media is pretty loud <laughs> with the yeah, book stuff. It has to be. Yeah. At, at that think, time, it does. Yeah. I think traveler. I have gone to a lot of far-flung places, especially we've done a lot of work with Samsung and Discovery and Wiley Publishing, and they've sent me to a lot of far-flung places. So, you know, a lot of times people will say to me, oh, where, you know, where have you been to last? So El Salvador was the last cool place wow. that I was. And I love to travel. I love a long plane ride. And you love a long plane ride? <laughs> I love a long plane ride. I can concentrate. No one has ever said that to I, me before. Said no one ever except me. I, I can concentrate like like in no other place. I wrote so much of the book on planes. Okay. Yeah, well, weird, I, I, weird I can't, but true. I can't agree with you on so many things, but that one, yeah. I, sh- yeah, I we, can't we, do it. We, we diverge I can't there. get on board. <laughs> okay. And then I think that people would think that I am quite short. I am not, <laughs> I am not, you know, I am above five feet, but my kids are really tall. Tall? So you look comparatively So, very you know, short. my daughter's, Sydney is, is five nine, Sam's only 14, but she's already 5'8", and my son is 6'5". Oh so I have, you six know, pictures. 6'5", yeah. So I have pictures, wow. you know, with them, and I'm always just like the shorty, you know, in the middle. I like short, of because I, I wasn't sure at first when you said short, if you meant like Impatient. <laughs> yes. You could be impatient. You could be succinct with your updates, 140 right. characters or less. Or you could actually just be short. It's yeah, pretty fabulous, Nancy. Thank you so, so much for coming on the uh, show today. Thank you Everybody, so much. I cannot wait to pick up this book. You guys need to, too. It is Jack and Jill Went Up the Hill, How Senior Marketers Scale the Heights Through Art and Science. I can't wait for you guys to check it out. And I am going to post the results of my assessments online. So awesome. you guys will awesome. know. Thank you, Carrie. Thanks. That was all the social ladies. Don't miss new episodes every week. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you like what you heard, please rate and review the show. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media and author of Work It, Secrets for Success from the Boldest Women in Business. Follow me, at Carrie Kirpin, everywhere. And for more social smarts, be sure to follow Likeable, at Likeable Media. Thanks for listening. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.